very good morning to everyone here. Uh, my name is Daryl and I'll be your service uh, leader for today. So a very warm welcome to the Sunday service of FCC on a beautiful Sunday morning. Um, so to start off, I would like to just invite everyone, if you could just turn to your neighbours, just say a word of hello, greet each other, and also not forgetting those joining us online, uh, if you can just say a word of hi in the chat, our friendly producers will just reach out to you. Okay. So I'm not sure how the week has treated you. I hope uh, it has been kind to you this week. But regardless of how things have gone, I hope that our time together today will be a moment that we can just lay down our burdens. And I pray that our time together today will be a restful one, a time of growth, of learning, of genuine fellowship and communion with God. So and to prepare ourselves for our service today, please join me in the call to worship. Come in. Come in and sit down. You are part of the family. We are, we are lost, lost and, and we, we are found. And we, we are, are a part, part of, of the family. family. We know, God, that we who have gathered here are part of the family. But we also know that the family is much bigger still. There, there are people we don't understand. understand. There are people we disagree with. There are people we don't like. There are people who don't like us. Challenge us, God, to expand our vision of family until we see all of creation as one big family. Amen. Now, as you are willing and able, I invite you to stand and join together our voices in worship. Every hand that reaches out to offer me 
found in your hands fullness of joy every fear suddenly wiped away here in your presence all of my gains now fade away every crown no longer on display here in your presence heaven is trembling in all of your wonders the kings and the kingdoms are standing As we enter into a time of prayer together, I thought we could do something slightly different. I thought we'd be able to pray together as a congregation. We don't often pray the Lord's Prayer together. We do it sometimes. Uh, I thought today we can do the Lord's Prayer together. But just to mix things up a bit, I thought we'd use an alternate version um, from the New Zealand Anglican Prayer Book. And so take this time to pray aloud with me 
Or if you like, you can meditate as we pray, as you can close your eyes and just listen. But I just want to invite you to participate so that we pray together as one body in Christ. Let's pray. Eternal Spirit, Earth Maker, Pain Bearer, Life Giver, Source of all that is and that shall be, Father and Mother of us all, Loving God in whom is heaven, the hallowing of your name echo through the universe. The way of your justice be followed by the peoples of the world. Your heavenly will be done by all created beings. Your commonwealth of peace and freedom sustain our hope and come on earth. With the bread we need for today, feed us. In the hurts we absorb from one another, forgive us. In times of temptation and test, strengthen us. From trials too great to endure, spare us. From the grip of all that is evil, free us. For you reign in the glory of the power that is love, now and forever. Amen. Welcome home. <laughs> Good morning and welcome home. Energy level a bit. I've been awake since five, uh, so my energy level higher than yours, uh, maybe. Good morning. Good 
Good. First, um, we have been using Menti as a means of engagement and a collaborative exploration for, through when we go through a sermon. So it isn't just an exercise of downloading information from me to you, um, but also invite each one of you to, into the process of how God guides us um, towards growth and transformation and exploring, right? So um, I want to invite you to um, go to fcc.li slash by scanning the QR code or typing it into the URL and join me today. Now, before we start today, Menti has done some upgrading and we had some problems uploading the slides up. So only the questions are there. And so, um, however, we do have PowerPoint slides and thanks to the production team, we are able to juggle between the two seamless, seamlessly. Um, very appreciate the volunteers and um, them stepping up, right, uh, when things don't go as we planned. Um, but I hope that for all of you, it is still an experience that you can get, you know, you can access the, um, um, the, the slides with the sermon, no, with the sermon pictures and, um, and uh, quotes and, and as well as some um, quotes, yeah, and some of the notes that may, no, and the scripture verses that I'm using for today, right? Yeah. Um, I know that there are weeks that sometimes my questions are not well-crafted, but I hope that we keep doing this uh, and as we open up to how we use technology to facilitate our learning and adapt and change as time change, right? We don't have to do things the same way all the time. You know, church doesn't have to be running the same way. Um, I will be very honest that in the beginning, I was very resistant to Menti myself, right? Um, but the fruits that come from it was very, very encouraging. And we could see that. Um, and that was what happened during you know, the COVID lockdown. And it continues to be helpful for us to um, get a pulse of your reflections. And actually, we too learn something from what you share. And that is how we learn how God is speaking through each one of us. So, uh, and for next, right? Um, for those of you who join us in the middle of this sermon series, this sermon series is titled Faithfully question mark, right? And I wanted to bring you along so that you don't get shocked because some of you, I see new faces uh, in our, uh, in, in physically in church today and there might be people who join us on YouTube because we have no way of knowing who's, uh, who's on, watching online. So what we say may, make, may be uncomfortable for you as it might not align with what you've been taught. Because in this series, we want to tackle some doctrines of Christianity and have a deeper understanding of how they came about. And we explore where we go from there. So, um, theology is faith-seeking understanding of God. And we believe that theology has as much to do with knowledge about God as it is with our relationship with God. So, as we went, go through this series, we are, we are halfway through, we are realising that it is forming a foundational series that outlines how we approach theology as a community. And we hope to present you with the kind of knowledge that you might experience or you might learn, encounter in seminary, but in a more condensed and approachable way, not too academic. Right? Our hope is not just to challenge your mind and push you, 
um, but also encourage an expansion of your faith. And ultimately, our prayer is that you grow deeper in your relationship with God. So you join me in prayer. God, may the words from my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you. Our creator, our sustainer, our rock and our salvation. Amen. So, the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, For we know only in part, we prophesy only in part, but when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For we, now we see only a reflection, as in a mirror, but then we will see face to face. Now I, only, I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. Along our faith journey, we've been taught many things. Some things are like training wheels when we learn how to ride a bicycle. And then they are there to help us along before we take them off, before we know how to balance properly, we, uh, so we, we keep them there. But it comes to a time where we need to take those training wheels off. Some teachings are like theories, right? Scientific theories or whatever theories, uh, someone comes with something. They help us make sense of things at that point in time with our limited knowledge or our, our limited knowledge of what the situation is. But as time goes on, some better theory or the theory improves. We end on parts, we throw away parts, you know, we go like this not working, we improve on it slightly. Or some better theory, completely different, comes along to replace it. What has worked before, now we have a better approach, better understanding, we move beyond that. And that's why I think, um, you know, Paul is saying that when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I become an, became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. During the 16th and 17th century, there was a lot of persecution of scientists who came up with theories that the church deemed heretical. These theories contradicted, uh, these theor no, teachings and contradicted the Bible. So the scientists were labelled as heretics. Their books were banned and the church forbade people from reading them. Two of these scientists were Nicholas Copernicus and Galileo Galilei. Copernicus didn't get you know, persecuted because he died shortly after his book was published. But Galileo, on the other hand, was tried by the Inquisition after his book was published. And what was this theory that he advanced? That the, that the earth revolved around the sun. The church disapproved this theory because the Holy Scriptures state that the earth is at the centre, not the sun. As the contents of the Bible was taken literally, the publishing of these books proved to the church that Copernicus and Galileo were sinners. They preached through their writing that the Bible was wrong. 
So they were pers- so especially Galileo was very very badly persecuted. It was not under until more than two hundred years ago uh, later, right? In I think a couple, I think maybe a decade ago, that the Catholic Church officially issued an apology to Galileo. Today we know that the Earth revolves around the Sun. We can say that and still be faithful Christians and not be labelled heretics. Even children today have a better scientific understanding of this than the people who wrote the Bible. So that brings us back to, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. It's important to understand that because we need to leave things behind when there is new revelation, better understanding, and that's growth in some ways. Paul, in the beginning of of 1 Corinthians, in chapter 3, said, According to the grace of God given to me, like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building on it. Let each builder choose with care how to build on it. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one that has been laid. That that foundation is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay or straw, the work of each builder will become visible. For the day will disclose it because it will be revealed with fire and the fire will test what sort of work each has done? If the work that someone has built on the foundation survives, the builder will receive a wage. If the work is burned out, the builder will suffer loss. The builder will be saved, but only as through fire. I think this can also apply when we think about theories and theologies. So we allow fire to test theories and theologies and ideas so that we know what is solid foundation and what isn't. And we continue to work and pass down to others and build upon this foundation. We are not individuals. We are standing on shoulders of those who came before us. But we are also handing down our faith to those who come after us. This leads me to today's sermon. What a long preamble, <laughs> right? I needed to say that because, so that we can understand what we are trying to do here at FCC and also in many other churches, right? To review what has been handed to us, take what, is, what we have seen as good, what has been tested by fire, and to pass it down to others. What has been harmful, we, le- we leave behind. I was having a conversation yesterday when, during the, uh, the welcome team gathering and I said, you know, if you give maybe 100, 200 years ago, there'll be people who say that slavery is okay. There'll be Christians who say slavery is okay. Today, I don't think you can find that, you can even find a handful. But yet, what is the difference? Time and the test of fire.
So, today, I'm going to tackle prayer in this sermon series. Am I going to tell you there's something wrong with how we pray? No. I think today, we want to look at what has been tested by fire and handed to us. Right? In 2021, um, Father James Martin published the book, um, Learning to Pray, A Guide for Everyone. And I have to say, it was really, and it is a really a guide for everyone. It speaks to everyone, regardless whether you are a new believer, or someone like me who has gone through seminary, or someone who has been a lifelong Christian and been praying a lot. It is a treasure trove to me. Um, and I, you know, if you are if you are keen, you know, pick up the book. You know, maybe I, I I'm not sure whether it's available library, but um, you know, uh, if you want a copy, let me know. I think we have uh, we have it on our uh, our account on Amazon, and yeah. And I hope through today's sermon that I can do what Father Martin's um, uh, book did. Whether you are someone exploring the faith or someone who has been Christian for a long time, that you learn something new about prayer and that this sermon will help you with your prayer life and deepen your relationship with God. So, I want to start off with the first question on Menti. What is prayer to you? I originally wanted to start off quoting from Father Martin's book, The Definitions of Prayer, right? Um, but when I was reviewing the script this morning, I thought it would be a better idea to start off with this. What is prayer to you? And don't worry, this isn't a test. Because I'm asking, what is prayer to you? There isn't a right and wrong answer, right? If it doesn't match what I'm sharing later, that's okay. This is what prayer for you right now. And you will continue to change and evolve as you walk along your faith journey. I, my approach to prayer, what I understand prayer to be, has changed over time as well. When I first started out as a, you know, as a young you know, kindergarten kid, was taught how to pray in the kindergarten I attended, run by missionaries. And then later on, um, when I was a teenager, that changed as well. So I will ask, um, can you switch over to the mentee? Oh, yes. Thank you. Um, thank you for um, your input. Talking to God seems to be the one that is um, huge, right? The next one is surrender, conversation, taking joy in creation, conversation with God, quiet time with God, contemplation, listening, reflection, sacred time, speaking with God. So many like talking, like conversation, listening, checking in. Someone said Santa Claus. That can be how some people treat God as, right? I need something, I come to you. Um, that's to you, if God is Santa Claus, you know, that is where you are on your journey. And, and for, I would say that that's part of it as well, right? Um, connection, unity, remembering God every day. Thank you. Petition, gratitude, wrestling, prayers, wrestling, yes. And that's, yeah, thank you. Thank you for uh, your input. Um, I, while more of you key in you know, your reflections, I, I want to outline what I'm going to do today. 
And this is my, my usual approach to things is usually what, why, how, who, uh, what, what, when, why, how, who, where, where, yeah. But today, I think that what's the, um, the one, the, the few that are meaningful in this context of prayer is what, why, and how. I think that's the relevant ones that I want to focus on. So thank you for participating um, in the reflection. It seems that talking to God, I mean, you know, and many of them are uh, about talking to God, communication with God, conversation. It seems that that is the biggest um, piece of it. And then the other dimensions are petition, asking for something, uh, coming close to God, wrestling. Ah, thank you. So let's turn back to the PowerPoint and let and see what some people say what prayer is. And this comes from uh, Father um, James Martin's book, right? And the first one is, prayer is the raising of one's mind and heart to God, all the requesting of good things from God. Um, this, is quote, this is from St. John Damascene. And this is drawn from Lamentations chapter 3, verse 41. Let us lift our hearts as well as our hands to God in heaven. And this definition has found its way into the catechism of the Catholic Church. It's that key to them. That's, this is kind of the definition that the Catholic Church has put as prayer. Right? So there are two parts to this definition. First, like many of you have shared, it is connecting with or drawing close to God. And the other, and some of you have said it too, is the petitionary aspect of prayer, requesting of good things from God. Next slide. Uh, Father William Barry says, prayer is personal relationship with God. And St. Teresa of uh, Avila says, mental prayer is nothing else than a close sharing between friends. It means taking time frequently to be alone with God whom we know loves us. So, we know the what, right? Somehow. Then we are, it leads to the question, why? Why do we pray? And we always talk about developing a deeper faith and a deeper relationship with God. How do we deepen relationships in our lives? We spend time with a person, right? You meet a new friend, you make friends, and then you, you spend time together. Whether it is a romantic relationship or a platonic relationship, that's how we deepen relationships, right? And that's the same with God. And how do we spend time with God? In prayer. So I have the next question on on mentee. That is, how often do you pray? Before you answer, I want you to pause. Pause. Don't press straight away. I know there are many options there. I want, it is a simple question. And it is multiple choice. Oh, you're some of you very, very kanchong and press already. I want you to pause because I want you to answer honestly. Because mentee is totally anonymous. An honest answer from you is the beginning of transformation. I will confess, while I pray often, I think that there are areas of, that need improvement. Sometimes when I pray, it's just like work, 
you know, I need to pray. People ask me, oh, can you pray for me about this? I'll pray. But if I, if I look at it carefully, I think that the quality of prayer probably needs to be improved, right? So while you answer the question, let me share with you my heart. Why do I say that I feel that there are areas that need improvement? Because as I reflected as I was writing this sermon, and I have to do that, right, to be honest and to really have a deep sharing, I need to reflect. I pray very often for other people, but I don't pray much for myself. Why? All right. And one of the things is I resonated with uh, Father, Father Martin's words. Right? He says, I hope that everything I do flows from my personal relationship from God. But not everything I do counts as prayer, at least not as I see it. On the one hand, it is important to live your life prayerfully. And I try to do everything prayerfully, though I don't always succeed. At the same time, not everything you do is necessary prayer. There's a danger saying, my work is prayer because it can be excused for not praying. If everything you do is prayer, then why not take time out to pray? My novice director used to say, if your work is your prayer, then you're not doing either of them well. And this is from Father James Martin. And I think that that applies to me a lot. And it is a reminder that I don't get so engrossed in doing and end up with the idea, my work is my prayer, and not spend time praying. And I'm grateful for our weekly Wednesday meetings that help ground me. Right. Can we go back to the Menti uh, survey? And thank you. Thank you for being honest and thank you for responding. Right? And looking at the responses, uh, you know, some of you um, are very honest. I, you don't pray often enough. Some of you never pray. And, um, and that's perhaps uh, something that I will invite you to reflect upon. Because if you don't pray, then what is your relationship with God at this moment? And perhaps the question might be even, you know, as, we, as I continue the sermon, maybe some of the things will prompt you, right? will nudge you. Um, why? Why never, right? So some of us, we pray when we are in need. You know, Santa Claus, right? That's okay. When I'm desperate or when I'm in need. Some people say I praise once a week, several times a week, daily, more than once a day. Now, I'm not going to tell you how often you should pray. Can we go back to the PowerPoint slides? I want to tell you, oh, the, yeah, that, that's the one, the, 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 the next one, correct. So I think that for myself, I need to set aside time to pray. While it can be anywhere, in any form, it is intentional time with God. Now, the next slide. I'm not going to tell you how often you should pray. It's because I want to tell you the quality of your relationship with God is directly correlated with the frequency and the quality of prayer time. It's not just frequency alone. We can pray every day, like myself, but the quality may not be there. 
right? It's about it's not just a matter of quantity and frequency, but also quality. I think how we deepen our relationship with God is similar to how we deepen you know, our relationship with people, especially romantic relationships. When people start dating, and those of you who have dated before will know that you will spend intentional time with each other. You wake up first thing in the morning, you do what? Good morning. Before you sleep, you do what? Good night. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's reality. You know, they talk to each other. They talk before bed. They try to meet up as often as they can because they want to develop a deeper relationship. They want to draw close to each other. So when we say, almost every week, we say we want to draw closer to God, we want to deepen our relationship with God, then we don't do the, the, the very thing that we need to do to draw close, then how? The relationship is not going to deepen itself. God desires us to draw near in a similar way. Yet, I know from personal experience that there are barriers to doing that. That's why some people said, never. Some people said, I don't pray often enough. So, I want to ask you, right, in the third question, what prevents you from praying as often as you desire? And don't and take your time to answer this. I don't want to rush through it. Because this is important. No? Because sometimes we say one answer, but actually it's not the real answer. There's something underneath that. There's something that we need to unpack. Right? Sometimes the first answer that comes up is what we pretend is the real answer because we don't want to deal with the, real, the, the actual thing that actually needs to be dealt with. What prevents you from praying as often as you desire? Thinking that things are under control, right? Mm, I can do it, no need anyone's help. Worldly distractions, yes. But worldly distractions, why are they distracting? Right? Fear of what God wants us to do. Mm. My addiction to the world. Busyness, which is, which, which is the addiction to the world, right? All the distractions, the mind is occupied. My prayers don't feel quality. I understand. Self-sufficiency, I can take care of myself, I don't need to talk to God. I don't see the need to do it, afraid to disturb God or not get a reply from God. Yeah, that's a real reason, right? Watch movie, play game. These are all the addictions and busyness. It feels like talking to myself, a one-way conversation. God feels silent. And I want to address that too. I didn't write it in the sermon, but it came to my mind just now um, about balance and, um, and silence. And I, I want to address that um, later as well. My hobbies, like listening to the latest music as an enjoyment. Mm -hmm. Work, distraction, hobby, YouTube, Netflix, website. Yes. Discomfort with honesty with myself. Overwhelmed with distractions. I don't understand how to. Maybe I don't know what is prayer. And perhaps this sermon is for you. Right? Getting caught up with the day. No immediate response from God. I think God is not answering me. Feels one-sided. No patience and tired. Feels one way how to listen. Social media, mobile phone. If God is omniscient, why pray? 
did not put God as central. We are occupied doing other things that we have forgotten how to be quiet and talk to God through prayer. It's own self, talk to one's own self. Right? We are preoccupied with doing other things, we forgot how to have quiet time. Oh, that's a repeat. Um, actually, if all I have to say is, Hi God, I'm super tired, thanks that I'm not dead yet, love you, good night. Why not? Why not? Why is that wrong? Sin. I'm afraid someone that is not Christian will judge me when I pray. The desire seems to only come when I'm need. Mm-hmm. I want to be my own God. Yes. You know, the, I'm in control. I don't need anyone else. I'm self-sufficient. Right? Not convinced of how much God loves me. Love myself more than Him. So, can you scroll up a little bit? There are a few that I actually jumped out at me and I want to, to um, further up. Yeah, that's the one. If God is omniscient, why pray? If God is everywhere, why do we need to feel God's presence? How do we know? What's the necessary? It's not for God. The prayer is not for God. The prayer is for us. I think that that's a very important um, the aspect. Now, there's a lot of you who said um, you don't hear God, so it's one way. Why, why bother? Or when you pray, you don't hear the answer. Or when you pray, you know, there doesn't seem to respond. Or God takes a long time to respond. I think that's perhaps the taking a long, you know, taking a long time is the struggle we have in today's modern world. We want instant reply. That's why we send text messages. And that's why I resist text messages. Right? For some things I go like, uh, can you email me instead so that this is addressed in time, but not in, with that urgency. That's why I picked the song, In Your Time. Because God answers our prayers in God's time, not according to our schedule. And sometimes the answer is not what we expect or not what we want. And that's something to pay attention to as well. And that silence doesn't necessarily mean God is not answering. We imagine that answers need to come like a, wow, I pray suddenly it got lightning. Suddenly the light will flicker a little bit. Oh, God answered me. Or we make assumptions of how or what form that answer comes by. Sometimes the answer is that sense of peace and serenity that transcends all understanding. And I feel the presence. I'm, I'm more, the presence is always there. I'm more attuned to God's presence. And then I feel, what I asked for didn't materialize maybe, but I feel that connection and that comforting. And that requires us to tune out distractions. That requires us to be present, anchor ourselves. And I think that's the uh, one key thing. But it requires practice to get there. I didn't start off like this. I probably have some form of ADHD. I'm very easily distracted. It took me a while before I could ground myself. And what really helped was going to seminary because day in, day out, eat, brief or so, <laughs> eat, brief or so about God run. And we were required to go through practices that we do every day. 
And that slowly came in. Because it's practice, I got better at it. I got to feel what it is. And then I get to draw closer. Right? That doesn't mean that once you draw closer, you'll never drift away. Like all relationships, there is the drifting. And I need to be conscious about the time and energy that I invest in it to cultivate this relationship through prayer. So, I anticipate some answers, right? And, um, you know, that some answers is not enough time. Actually, I didn't see that many people saying not enough time. I see a lot of people recognizing that I am distracted. There are other things that take away my time to do those things. Then I will tell you, these are the idols of today. You are worshipping something that is not God. I'm not, and I make it very clear, I'm not telling you to stop your hobbies, stop your Netflix, or stop your YouTube. I'm not. I'm saying that carve out some time for God. And it is not about the amount of time. I'm not telling you, oh, every day you spend one hour watching Netflix, or maybe more, and I'll spend one hour with God. No. Actually, the quality of time with God, right, it can be as short as 10 minutes. And you, you come out refreshed in a very different way. It's that kind of connection. It's not about the length of time, it is about the quality of the time. And it's different for each person. Some people can pray for two hours and I go, how do you do it? Because after 15 minutes, uh, I drift off to oh, sleep already. For me, 10 minutes is of that, the, of that intense quietness and stillness is enough for me. I'm not asking that you do throw away or abandon the stuff. That's one, right? All, many of you identified the first problem, that there are distractions and there are other things that take time that bring you away from God. But actually, I think that that's just the symptom and not the root. The root is something very much else. The root is you're running away. You're running away from God because that one of your answers is, I don't know, I don't want to hear what God asks of me. One, I don't want to be disappointed when God doesn't give me what I want. That's the other one. But God giving, not giving us what we want may not be a bad thing. God gives us what we need, not what we want. And I think there's a difference between the two. I think those of you who are parents amongst us will know, when a child asks for something, you may not necessarily give it to the child because it may not be good for the child. And going back to the definition of prayer, right? is when we ask for good things. It's not saying that we, you know, prayer is asking for everything. Prayer is asking for good things, things that are good for us. Right? Now, there are other things that, uh, 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 that popped up. Right? I don't want to just have a transactional relationship with God. That's like, um, yeah. Uh, and then there are barriers, or, and I don't know how. Well, some of it we can address today. I don't know how. Yeah. So... I want to point out again that prayer is setting aside intentional time. It's not about the length. It's about the quality. 
we can spend 15 minutes or one hour praying, but if we are just doing it to check the checkbox and say, I pray today, then we are doing it for the wrong reasons. Right? We're just going through the motions and that isn't quality time. Of course, when we first start out, it might not feel like quality time and we feel like giving up. We don't feel connected. Like some of you will say, I don't hear God, I don't feel anything, I just quit. And maybe in the beginning that you, know, you need to just check the checkbox and you know, five minutes, five minutes, five minutes, five minutes, until you get to that space. But after a period of time, it shouldn't be just to Oh, today I did, I did what I need to do already uh, and move on. It is, so it's not in the beginning, it might be like one of you answered, right? Oh, hi God, I'm very tired. You know, thanks, I'm still alive today. Okay, good night, bye. In the beginning, that's okay. That's communicating with God. It's sharing what is on your heart. And in those words, there are a lot of things going on. Why do you feel that you're just alive only? And why do you feel like you're not joyful to be alive, right? And that, through time, will build up that, that relationship. And through that prayer, I, I really hope that you encounter the presence that will comfort and surround you. It's a feeling. It's not just an intellectual thing. You just don't get a message from God. It might be a feeling of peace that will help you. But in the beginning, maybe uh, the, hi God, you know, today's a long day, I just need some rest. Amen. That's to start off with. You start from somewhere, and that's okay. Right. We can always set aside time to be quiet, focus on our breath, and connect with God. Anywhere. That's prayer. That's the raising of one's mind and heart to God. The second thing is, you know, and this is one thing that I also struggle with, it is not wrong to ask for things. Jesus said, this is how we should pray when he taught the Lord's Prayer. And what is in that prayer? Give us this day our daily bread. I know it's difficult to pray for ourselves. Our wants, our hopes, our desires. It can sometimes feel selfish and sometimes feel like, I'm just like a kid demanding things from God. I find it my, for myself much easier to pray for other people than praying for myself. But I also learned that my hesitation comes from my own brokenness. Because in my brokenness, I do not believe that I deserve good things. So I don't ask for them. Asking for good things from God is about trusting that relationship. When I hesitate to ask, I don't trust that relationship. I think that, one, God doesn't love me enough to give me what I need. Two, God doesn't know me well enough. Three, God may judge me for what I'm asking for. If God is love, do you think that God will not give you what you need. Maybe not, not what you, everything that you want, but what you need, you will receive. Do you think God doesn't know you well enough? Your struggles, your pain, your fears, your anxieties. 
everything that you're grappled with, everything you're trying to make sense of, everything you're trying to control and, and make sure that things are okay so that you know, the people around you are supported, whether you are, you know, you are the breadwinner for a family or you know, all these things. Do you think God doesn't know? That, con- that connection is not telling God what's going on, but trusting God that God will be there present with you with everything. That's a promise. I will be with you. Not to teleport you over somewhere else or to suddenly bring you away from all your troubles, but I will be with you. I will go through all this with you. And that prayer is knowing that God is with you. Sensing, feeling God is with you through those things. And do you think God will judge you for what you're asking for? If God knows you well enough, I don't think so. Even those th- things that might not necessarily be helpful, right? You know, who can dare say that you never prayed for a parking lot when you drove into the car park? I'll be very honest that I have. Even in recent days, right? Like I'm rushing to the hospital and, and I need to get you know, I need to get up running late already. And they're like, oh God, you know, just make sure that there's a lot there. Just, just reverse in and then run up, right? Then after that, you're like, what a silly thing to ask for. But do you think God will say, you are a very bad pastor, lah, praying for such small things? No. I think God understands my, whether the, the, the parking lot materializes or not, God knows why I'm asking for it. It could be even selfish ask, you know. It's like, I'm running late and then I just want everything convenient for me. But I'm human and God understands. Now, however, I think that um, Father Martin puts it very well. There must be limits. And he says, think again of the relationship model of prayer. Is your relationship with God categorized by only by asking? What kind of friendship would that be? Imagine having a friend with whom your only interactions were requests, even for the smallest things. You start to see your friend as simply a dispenser of favours. That's how we might look at God if all we did was ask for help. So our relationship with God is not just prayer, the the practitionary part, that's why in the beginning, the definition is, you know, raising our hearts and minds to God and asking God for good things. Both. The conversation part that many of you shared, that's a huge part of that. And the conversation requires us to be silent. Not just talking all the time, but quiet down. And sometimes it's not just about saying anything. Sometimes it's just being there and feeling the presence and the comfort and the peace that comes by. And that requires time and practice. That requires trusting that love, knowing that you are loved, knowing that God is not going to be angry at you for doing it wrong or saying the wrong words or asking for wrong things. 
I think that's the key. Because often we judge ourselves beforehand. I cannot say that to God. Lah. I, don't, I don't think God has so, is so judgmental because God knows us and God loves us. And then, of course, third, there are barriers, right? And I understand, and I, I said it earlier, sometimes we are avoiding praying because we are running away from God. Sometimes we are afraid of what we may hear from God, which some of you have said, right? Sometimes we are afraid what God may ask of us. There might be prompting that go, oh, I need to do this, but I don't want to, and we wrestle. Sometimes there are things in our lives that we need to deal with, but we are avoiding it, and we know somehow in the prayer time, God will come prompting us to address it. And that's why we avoid prayer. I said in the beginning when I asked you to keen, how often do you pray to be honest? And I think that that's the key for all of us if we want to deepen our relationship with God through prayer. Honesty. Don't run away. God is running after us. Not really needing to run after us because God is present all the time. But God is constantly waiting for us to connect so that God can help us grow and transform but God is also not coercive. We can keep on running away. We can keep on running, avoiding. But God is still waiting for us. C.S. Lewis has this about prayer. Prayer doesn't change God. It changes me. And I think it nails everything down. Sometimes we are avoiding prayer because we don't want to be changed. But you are here. You are here in a community that declares we want to grow deeper in our relationship with God. We want to transform. We want to grow more and more into the likeness of Christ. That cannot but require change. And that starting point somehow is prayer. I want that to settle with you that this invitation is not just from me, but from God. Will you allow God to whisper, nudge in your prayer time? And then, finally, there's the, I don't know how, which is very honest and thank you, right? I will have to tell you that I didn't know how when I started off. And often in many of our, whether it's before service or our gatherings, people go, Pastor, you pray. Any situation. Sometimes it is, oh, because the most higher, the highest ranking in the hierarchy will do it. Right? Some of that, there might be some of that. But very often it is that people are uncomfortable with praying aloud. 
I say the wrong things, pray the wrong things or what. I will tell you, this is not Harry Potter. It's not that you have to pronounce Leviosa correctly, then the magic spell will work. There is no special way of praying. God is not going to get angry at you for not using the right words or saying the wrong thing or praying at the wrong place or the wrong time. None of that. All that's necessary is your heart. You know, opening your heart and your mind. Lifting up your heart and your mind to God. The right way to pray is the way that you will draw near to God. And it may be different from each one of you. And it certainly will take practice. What is required is commitment and following through. And you will find it difficult in the beginning. And one of the ways to start is to start the easiest approach by praying for other people. As you build up this regular connection with God, then you can build up other things. You get more comfortable praying for other people, then, then you start inserting your own for yourself. As you pray for other people and you see God acting in ways that surprise you, God answering your prayers for those people, then you realise, oh, prayer somehow works. An answer maybe not in the way that you want, but answered nevertheless. You'll be surprised. Trust in that love and trust in that relationship. So I'm going to invite you to do something very uncomfortable. And it is okay for you to choose not to participate. This is something that we used to do a lot when we were in Safe Haven in the oldest in our cell groups. And I think some of the cell groups also do that today. Right? It's a habit that we learn from other churches um, where we come from, and it's a very useful way. We'll break up in pairs or threes and we'll pray for each other. Right? And if so, today, now, if you're willing, turn to the people around you, and share once. It's okay not to, to say, oh, no, sorry, don't want. That's okay. If you're willing then and want to, share one thing, just one thing, because we don't have a lot of time, right? One thing that you like to pray, to be prayed for, whether it's your relationship or your health or your, someone's other, someone else's health or work or whatever. Whatever that you want to be prayed for, Tell the other person and then invite that person to tell you what they want to pray for. Then you take turns praying for each other. If you've not done this before, I want you to invite you to lean into the discomfort and try. And you don't have to have special words. All you need to do is ask God to help the person that you're praying for. Right? And say what they, they asked you to pray for, the, the, the subject. Right? Now, invite those in church to, if you are willing, you know, just turn to the person and pray for them and let them pray for you. For those of you online, right, um, you can, I want to invite you to do something different, right? We want to engage you as well. So if you are willing, share your prayer in the chat and then after that, you know, you see other people's prayer requests, right? Pray for 
that choose one and pray for it for that person. Right? So you know that someone is praying for you. You and you are praying for someone on you know online. And you don't have to you don't have to tell people, oh, I'm praying for you. You just type in your prayer request and and share share that, right? So invite those on, on YouTube to do that. Now, you may be afraid that God won't answer that prayer. Well, I'll just put it out there. Praying for something doesn't mean that we'll get it. And I'll give you the biggest example. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane prayed, let this cup pass from me. That didn't happen, right? He still suffered. He was still crucified. But what happened, I think, was that God gave Jesus strength. Strength to bear the burden, strength to bear all that was coming up for him. And Jesus' prayer, while he said, let this cup pass from me, but let thy will be done, Jesus was also surrendering that burden, his fears to God. And that's part of the prayer too. So now I invite you to share with the person. We have, you know, I'll give a couple of minutes for you to pray for the person next to you. Yeah. Lean into that discomfort. For those of you online, you know what? I will pray for you.
if you're done with praying for each other, I invite you into a space of silence. And pay attention to how you feel. What might be being prompted in your heart. of being connected to something larger. Something larger that will not let you go. Something larger that loves you beyond all measure. right now you might not hear an answer or not feel anything and that's okay for participating in this thank you for risking and leaning into that discomfort leaning into the experience because our faith isn't just about things in the mind or intellectual stuff but also things of the heart our faith is our relationship with God. And at the heart of it, prayer is about our relationship with God. And the quality of our prayer reflects the kind of trust we have in God. The trust that we are loved beyond measure. We say that all the time. But truly believing it means we lean into asking for things. But we also trust that this God who loves us will do what is best for us. Will give us what we need, but not necessarily what we want. 
I invited you to this experience because I think that we need to practice, then we'll get there. But this is just one occasion. We need to do this more so you get a hang of it and it becomes second nature. Don't think that I got to hear this day where I am able to pray for people on the spot, on the fly, overnight. I will tell you that when I first joined Safe Haven, more than 20 years ago, I was very self-conscious about praying aloud in cell group. I didn't grow up in church. I didn't grow up in a Christian family. I didn't have much of a faith formation. I was worried, like many of you, whether I was praying the right way, saying the right words. So I usually let others who are more experienced do the praying. But because we were forced to do it, like at the end of every cell group, we would break up in twos or threes to pray for each other in our cell. That helped me build up confidence. And after a while, I got a hang of it, right? And I hope that all of us can build up that confidence too, starting from the easy things like praying for other people, right? And then moving on to praying for ourselves. There's one thing too. There are other ways of praying. Huh? This is not the only way, but this one easy way in my, in my opinion. One of the other ways is to pray the prayers that other people wrote. Right? We often pray the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi, the one that starts, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. You know, just reading through that is praying. But I think if there's one prayer to pray, it is the Lord's Prayer. No surprises. Interestingly, Pauline did the Lord's Prayer from New Zealand Book of Prayer earlier. And we didn't coordinate today. Uh, when I saw the slides that she, she, she gave to the team, I just laughed. It's one of those God moments. Like God telling me something, right? Me answering my prayer, you know, that God makes sure that this prayer, you know, this sermon works, you know, and, and, and lands and, and feeds the people that you have, you have called me to feed. The Lord's Prayer is the first prayer I actually memorized. And I think many of you have memorized as well. And if you haven't memorized it, that's okay. Because when you pray often enough, you'll know it by heart. I want to close today by inviting you to join me in the Lord's Prayer. The version I memorized, because some versions will say trespasses, uh, that, that's the one I memorized, and some versions will say sin, uh, some ver verses will have the extra, um, some versions have the extra verses at the end, you know, for thine is the kingdom, the glory forever and ever. The one that I learned, memorized, didn't. I'm using the simplified one. I want you to join me and pray slowly. Not rush through it. Sometimes when we do communion or the, the call to worship, we just rush through it. Taste the words. And the pauses and the silences are important as well. Because the pauses and the silences are where God speaks sometimes. Or where God knocks and shows up. I don't know. I cannot describe to you how in the silences then there's a feeling Right? And just like music, there are always rest. 
there are always silences because music cannot be all, you know, totally filled up. So, pause, breathe through the words. So you join me in the prayer that Jesus taught. This is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Communion, essentially, at its really heart of things, is also a prayer. It is not just a ritual we go through. It is not just biscuits and ribena. It is not just reading out words from a liturgy. But fundamentally, just by the word of communion alone, it really means connection. So I think in line of what we are hearing so powerfully today from the sermon, I really want to bring the, the meaning of communion back to the heart of things. So in preparing ourselves for communion today, I really invite you to set that intention. Intention of lifting our hearts and our minds in deep, genuine connection with God. Whether we are here today in, in person, online, or perhaps even watching um, the, the service later on in the week, this is something that's always accessible to us. Communion is not just something we do. Yes, there's the symbolism of the table, the elements right now, but it's something that's always accessible to us. Right? So I would like us to take a moment, really set that intention, sense into the presence and the connection with the divine in this moment, even as we may not all be together, but we can tap into that. I think we can move on. Yeah, okay, let's... All together... God of mercy and justice, be with us. We lift our hearts to you, not because we have to, not because we are supposed to, but because it's how we respond to your unconditional love, because it feels good to know we are loved. 
as long as there have been people to tell them our ancestors in faith have shared stories of your mercy, of, of how, how you gave food to the poor, clothes to the naked, and shelter to the lost. As long as there have been people to tell them our ancestors in faith have shared stories of your justice, of how you gave freedom to the enslaved, opportunity to the outcast, and peace to the war-torn. You acted with both mercy and justice, rescuing the Israelites from slavery in Egypt, providing them with manna when they were hungry. And your people acted with both mercy and justice, like the prophets who cried out to care for widow, orphan, and foreigner, and those who provided food, shelter, and community. You have shared your mercy and justice with us, not only as gifts to be received from you, but as gifts that we are to share with the world. We see this gift most clearly in the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus showed us what a life of mercy and justice looked like. In mercy, he gave food to the hungry. With justice, he broke social custom and shared tables with the powerful and the lowly at once. In mercy, he cared for the sick. With justice, he broke religious custom and healed on the Sabbath. In mercy, he had compassion for the poor. With justice, he spoke out against the empire that held them in poverty. In mercy, he washed his disciples' feet. With justice, he died without protest to expose a corrupt system. On the night he was handed over to the unjust system that killed him, he protested by sharing a meal with his friends. There he took bread, gave thanks for God's mercy in providing it, shared God's mercy by giving it to his friends, then called them to remember the injustice of his broken body every time they ate bread. After they ate, he took the cup, gave thanks for God's mercy in providing it, shared God's mercy by giving it to his friends, then called them to remember the, justice, the injustice of his spilled blood every time they drank wine. Altogether, but that, that wasn't, wasn't all. all. God's mercy and justice burst forth when Jesus died, and his resurrection gave hope to all those who hunger for mercy and thirst for justice. God will always equip those who seek to share mercy and justice. Even death cannot stop God's incredible grace. So we ask God's Holy Spirit to be poured out on this meal on these gifts of mercy, bread and juice, that we may remember Jesus' ministry of mercy and justice, that these gifts of mercy may become for us the body and blood of Christ, so that we may show mercy and do justice, not just for ourselves, but for the transformation of the world. May the stewards come forward to distribute the elements.
And as you are receiving the elements this morning, I ask that you hold on to them prayerfully. So communion and connection with God and the divine is not something we sense, you know, um, without any sort of tangible use of our senses. I invite you this morning as we prayerfully hold on to the elements together as you are receiving them to really tap into your, your other senses as well, the sense of touch, right? the sense of even smell of the, of the communion elements as you are holding on to the cup, feeling the textures, weight what you are holding there are many ways actually we can stay connected with the with the divine and also as we will be consuming the elements in a while together as one body again with our senses of taste of touch can we really mindfully and prayerfully experience what it is to be holding the body and the lifeblood of Christ. sensing into the elements as we are holding on to them, as we are consuming them. Let us partake of these elements with gratefulness as one body in Christ. I invite you to rise um, in body or in spirit and join me in the prayer of communion. All together. God, through this meal, we pray that your grace would empower us to do justice, to offer mercy, and to do so with humility. You have given us your Son as an example and your Holy Spirit as advocate. Give us the courage to do your work in the world. Amen. You may be seated and pass the cups to the owls for collection by the stewards.
All right. Um, it falls to me again to very warmly welcome you once again to the Sunday service of FCC. And as we say here in FCC, a very warm welcome home to everyone. If you are new to us, FCC, um, you know, the, 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 the letters actually stand for First Realize Everyone's Equal. And here we are a church that um, really it welcomes and includes everyone regardless of any labels that we may pose. And the second thing that I thought was extremely characteristic about FCC today is that our sermons must come with disclaimer so that newcomers don't get shocked by <laughs> what you learn. So something that I think has uh, really been... Well, I think uh, something that has been very uh, uh, meaningful for us in, in asking the tough questions. So if you are new to us, and if the sermon didn't shock you too much, uh, we welcome you to kind of find out a little bit more about us, our theology, our beliefs, and the way we kind of do community life in church um, by leaving us your details so that um, someone from the church staff can reach out to you. Um, and also, um, you are very warmly invited to newcomers meeting. This happens on the last Sunday of every month, immediately after service. So it's a very small and informal um, gathering for new people who are new to us. Um, and it's hosted by um, the pastors as well as some of our, some of our leaders to kind of just introduce um, what FCC believes in and, and how life generally runs in, in church here. So you can scan the QR code or drop us an email at info at freecomchurch.org. Right, before I, I move on to, I think, taking up a time of offering, I think really taking the chance to say a little bit of something about the sermon. I think following on from a very powerful sermon last week uh, by Pauline, and again, another, I think, hard-hitting sermon on prayer, something that uh, I must admit, I mean, being around in FCC for quite some time is something that we've admitted that we don't talk about enough. We, don't, we haven't really done a very proper deep dive into things. And I must say, I mean, listening to the entire message, uh, really a lot was covered. I don't know about you, but so much to think about. And prayer is something that really can be so uh, expansive and profound that I don't think we will be able to really cover everything within one sermon alone. So I think it's, it's probably a very good start to a conversation that we can continue having and experiencing. Just sharing a little bit my own kind of real revelation in terms of prayer. I'll admit one thing. Uh, I kind of disagree with Myak that the more you do corporate prayer, and praying for other people, the more you get used to it. Because I really cannot get used to it. <laughs> and, and therefore, I tell you, in terms of being service leader, the toughest part for me to do is pray over the, the offering. Because I really cannot find the words generally. And I'm not someone who's generally lost for words, right? Generally. But I really cannot get used to, to corporate public prayer. And that's why for me, the whole prayer journey was really kind of... I think it really deepened for me through, I think, one of the books I shared with Pauline before. It's called Simple Prayer by John Dalrymple. And what this book actually introduced to me that was really powerful is that prayer can be silent as well. The idea of wordless or contemplative prayer. So, Myung talked a lot about talk, uh, uh, how to pray or what to say and things like that. And practice makes perfect, maybe, and, and things like that. But for me, really, the power was in... How do we pray? How, and I, I really like, I think, the questions that a lot of you posed in the, in the mentee because I think it really shows that level of insight 
and the grappling that we all experience. How do we deal with silence in prayer? How do we listen in prayer? And also, not just silence in terms of word, when words don't come or when we don't hear anything, but silence when we actually cannot sense a connection with God or the divine. I think that's something that, you know, even Mother Teresa was extremely honest in, in describing in her own spiritual life? How do we grapple with that? How do we deal with it? These are all actually skills that, as Miak says, we need to practice, we need to learn, and we need to share and talk about. So it's something that I hope can be a continuing conversation for us. So really moving into a time of offering next as we continue the service, um, some technical aspects of things. There are a few options in terms of giving. Uh, of course, you can drop in the offering by cash. Uh, the stewards will go around to do the collection in a minute. But we really highly, highly encourage you, if you are you know, kind of doing a transfer by the QR code every week, I, I would really encourage you to consider setting up a direct debit or standing instruction through your bank account. It's something that I've done already. That's why you don't see me doing anything during the, the offering. Um, but that really, not just for your own convenience, but that really helps us in terms of planning and also budgeting for, for activities in church uh, when we can actually have a, a degree of regularity in terms of the of the giving. So the bank account details are there, general fund as well as building fund. Um, the QR codes we will flash in a minute. Um, so um, there, uh, actually there's, a, there's another way you can give by credit card at the Give.Asia platform, but there's a very, very small, um, the platform takes a small cut as a, as a platform fee from that. All right, so the QR codes are there for you to um, scan if you would. And um, let me pr pray over the offering the most challenging part of <laughs> Let me pray over the offering before we take, take it up. Taking a moment, just really settling into ourselves. Sensing the presence of God. However that may, might appear to you. God, we come to you this morning in whatever way that we feel most comfortable, we feel that we feel connects most with you. And especially as we bring the offering to the table this morning, we bring a sense of gratefulness, of thanksgiving to what you have blessed us with so generously in big ways or in small ways, in unexpected or expected ways. And out of these gifts we bear, we place some of these at the feet of the church and of you. Pray that you give us the wisdom, the courage to use these gifts wisely for the fulfillment of your will on earth today. We pray in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. May the stewards come forward to take up the offering. And if you would like to give by cash, um, just raise your hands and indicate to the stewards and they will come around to you. So as we are doing that, I will go on to make the announcements for this morning.
to begin with, uh, the Mark team would really like to extend a very uh, sincere big thank you to all the donors and volunteers for the last round of food donations of, uh, of pro uh, donations of yeah, the groceries and daily necessities. Um, all the items were delivered to 14 beneficiaries by the volunteers on the 3rd of September. So really much appreciated. I think it makes a big difference to um, some of the lower income beneficiaries that we have been helping to support. And so um, just the name list for all the donors and sponsors for the food drive this time, a really big thank you to them. Um, also leading on from that, we are all ready to actually take up our next collection. And the next collection will actually be for items. So it will, the intention will be to collect bags or clothes and uh, small electrical appliances. So the next collection drive will run from the middle of September to the end of October. Um, the last date, I think, uh, the, the collection closes on the 22nd of October. So drop-off arrangements will be during service. The team will be bringing the cart in to uh, do the collection and you can place the items inside. Just note that um, the, the collection does not include uh, shoes as, un as well as undergarments okay, for, for obvious hygiene purposes. So a reminder, items should still be in good and usable conditions. Please know um, nothing that I guess we wouldn't use ourselves um, and the team will kind of sort through what uh, would be acceptable items. Um, if you have any queries as to what may be appropriate or usable, please reach out to Kin. Her, uh, her, her contact details are there. Um, the, this time round, the collection will go out to the usual beneficiaries uh, as well as a group of residents of uh, uh, rental flats in a Marceline area. Okay, so um, that's what the the collection will go towards. So we look forward to your active participation in this. We can have the next slide. So just a teaser announcement um, to um, prepare ourselves for 20th anniversary service. This year is actually is really the 20th anniversary of FCC. Uh, so our, our commemorative service will be held on the 8th of October at the usual time, 10.30am. So just a reminder to, to set aside the date. And also um, a reminder today is that the, the teaser invitations or the, the gra invitation graphics will be ready by next week and they will go out to all uh, who are on our mailing list. Um, please please con take this time to consider who um, in your kind of um, community or your social circles may be may have already been been a part of um, FCC's journey these last twenty years? We would highly encourage everyone to extend the invitation to them as an opportunity to come back on the eighth of October for a, a time of celebration and communion and fellowship all together. So please actively use the invitation graphics to um, reach out to people you may know. Um, new and old and especially old friends of FCC to, to join us on the 8th of October. 
And finally, um, our last announcement is for our usual lunch cookies. Lunch cookies is an invitation to anyone who may still be new to the community and don't quite have any uh, connections of people you're familiar with. We have special volunteers who are on hand to welcome you and bring you out for lunch. Um, our, our lunch cookies today are Endela, who is now going to wave, and Chua is in the pantry area so they will be waiting uh, at the at, at the back of the hall uh, at after after service ends please approach them and can all head down for lunch uh, together all right and that leaves me to invite pauline to give us the benediction So will you rise in body and spirit for the benediction? Loving God, how much you must long for us to draw close to you. You were the one who took the initiative to draw close to us by entering into our world, by being with us, by standing in solidarity with us in our life, in our joys and in our suffering. So God, we are sorry that sometimes we've taken for granted your great initiative of love. And we pray that you help us to do better, be better. And so now go, go as God's people of prayer that our God of love may go with you both now and forever. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for service today. Be blessed as you go into the rest of your Sunday and into the rest of this week. God bless you. Amen.